Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Tax Moves with Glenn Birnbaum. Glenn, how you doing today? Good, Casey. It's uh, it's wet out your way. It's wet. Um, it's been I think it's been four weeks since we last talked. First week I was on vacation. Yeah. Second week I was helping my family plant some corn in Central Illinois. Um, last couple of weeks just been you know it's been wet so yeah and really not a ton of new tax stuff coming out but we'll talk about a few things uh, the IRS did have a webinar yesterday a two-hour webinar on the section 1998 uh, you know the 20 percent deduction so talk a little little bit about that but um, yeah been been a little quiet in the tax world so yeah well, let's jump into that so before we got started you were talking about the off the uh, OMB released a yeah. uh, pretty much they approved what was going to happen and, and things were yeah. were moving down the path but yet they have yet to release any new regulations or, yes. or laws or anything in into that into that new 199a grain glitch fix. Yeah. So yeah, this is the grain glitch fix, and these are this is just a proposed rule. They haven't even issued proposed rules on this. This is a lot of this would apply directly to the co-op, specifically how does the calculation work for them? But it would also apply, you know, to the farmers who are who are selling to the co-op. And it had been two weeks ago, May seventeenth. This um, basically it's OMB, it's the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs, I think technically. They basically are in charge of reviewing what the Department of Treasury wrote. And so two weeks ago, they said, okay, we're good with it, or that they've it's passed their OMB's review. So we are expecting for sure the rules to come out last week. Didn't come out last week, haven't come out this week either. So maybe we'll get into uh, this afternoon. But it just adds some uncertainty on why, you know, what, what's the hang up? It, it appears there weren't any significant changes. We're not 100% sure, but it, the, the explanation just says consistent change. You know, the review is consistent with change. So anyway, it's just, you know, uncertainty um, about what's going to happen. So I was I was hoping we'd get some information and we, we would be able to talk about it here the last couple of weeks, but no dice. So. Yeah. Um, but there's actually still 13 other proposed rules that OMB is currently reviewing right now. Just to give you an idea of you know how much stuff is out there, and then there's you know there's probably oh I would say at least a dozen other proposed regulations that the Department of Treasury is working on currently. So um, one that we think is pretty close to being released would be um, some regulations around the state and local tax um, deduction. Basically, like we've talked about this before, you know obviously. Now we are capped at $10,000 for state and local income tax. One of the biggest revenue raisers out there. But some states were going to try to do like some credits and things to like give give taxpayers back some money as a way to like maybe kind of get around this rule. And so there's basically a proposed rule being written to try to try to address that. We do think that might get released here 
um, in the next week, but you know, who knows? So yeah, <clears throat> but yeah there's currently 13 more to still go. So unlucky number 13. <laughs> right on. Well, there's all, it seems like the, uh, they, they're dragging their feet on this 199A thing, and it's it's weird that, yeah. you know, it's almost like we've been talking about this 199A thing as long as we've been talking about yeah. tariffs with China. It seems like almost going on two years now. Um, well, yep. well, year um, and a half anyway, there for was, sure. There was a little bit of good news. It, it just, the IRS is a little confused. They they had a little statement on their website about how do you deal with um, the 199A deduction and farm income averaging which we talked about that before, right. like how do, the, how do those work together? And they had wrote like three, about three sentences on their website um, that people are like, I don't, know, I don't know what this means. It actually, I think it's wrong. And so they pulled that, I think about two weeks ago, they reissued the two or three sentences, I think maybe a week and a half ago. And that actually does make sense now. So that, that's good. So they are, they are listening to us a little bit there. Um, but in some other cases, actually on this webinar, that again, it was a two-hour webinar yesterday uh, that the IRS put on. There was probably five or six different people from the IRS speaking. Um, actually, they did, a, they did a pretty good job. They actually took 30 minutes. Of, there was 30 minutes of questions and answers. Um, the questions were generally fairly generic. I think they kind of filtered them down a little bit, you know, which is, you know, it's hard to address more complex questions. But... This one issue that it's kind of complicated, um, it, it relates to if you're an S-corporation owner and you're employed by that S-corporation and the S-corporation is providing your health insurance. So that's you know fairly common, right, um, if you're the owner. And basically the IRS is saying in so many words that um, this is a little weird case. We'll see how this, this strikes you. Um, because the IRS is saying you get to you get to double deduct your health insurance. Okay, you deduct your health insurance twice. Okay, it's awesome. Great. Now you're you're thinking probably well that's actually a good thing. Why are you why are you talking about this? You know mm-hmm. because deducting something twice is a good thing. But this is just in the context of the one nine nine eight deduction. So in determining your income that's eligible for that 20% deduction, right? How you compute, it's called QBI, qualified business income. Mm -hmm. So you actually want QBI to be high, right? You want it to be up. So in their, in their explanation, they had, they have about 30 questions and answers on their website. That's been up for about a month. And people have said, well, this one question doesn't make sense because it basically says that it could result in, in deducting the health insurance twice, it's, it's kind of complicated. I don't want to get into too much, but just suffice it to say that for a month, you know, people have been saying, well, why would you double deduct something to artificially reduce my income that's eligible for deduction? And they say, well, that's, that's just kind of our, our interpretation of it. And they repeated that question and answer on the webinar yesterday, you know, to, to, the, to, the, to the public. And they said it could result in it being deducted twice. So, I don't know what the deal is, but, but that's that's their position. Apparently, they're it's sticking just, to it. It's just another way for the man to keep us keep us down, Glenn. That's all it is. Something like that, yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's because on a couple other things they actually changed the wording a little bit, but this this one they're sticking to it. So you just you just want to know like what their what their logic is. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, this you know, this is why there's just so many more rules coming out there. The, there was a American Bar Association tax, very big tax conference in early May. Um, and almost always, I've never been to one, but almost always they have IRS representatives there, you know, speaking. 
mm-hmm. which is good. And so they they talked about this one rule that again this this it gets complicated, but you might remember this that if you're over a pretty high income threshold, you know, three hundred fifteen thousand dollars, you don't automatically get twenty percent of your income. You've got to either have wages paying wages, you know, your business has to employ people right. or it's got to have property, you know, the two and a half percent of property. So, okay, that's good. But what happens if you sell out of your property, if you sell the property and it's not on hand of the, of the last day of the year, you don't get anything. Okay. So you're out of luck. But what if I own a partnership interest or some business interest and there's some sort of change in ownership, right? Or, mm-hmm. You know, how does it work? What if I buy into the partnership on December 10th and I own it on the last day of the year? You know, how does this work? Well, the final regulations, this isn't the proposed regulations, the final regulations, I think in almost everyone's mind, clearly says how you allocate that qualified property up to, you know, to, to your ownership group, right? You have a million dollars of property in this partnership. How do you divvy it up across the ownership group? Well, it clearly said you just look at what who owns it on the last day of the year, it says the last day of the tax year and the percentage ownership. So, you know, if I happen to buy in the last week of the year, I bought in and 10% of the partnership, presumably I get 10% of that cost. You know? What? Say, so if you own a company gotta, for two weeks, you got to pay a whole year's worth of taxes. Yeah. That's ridiculous. This is man. a good thing, right? Because I'm going to actually get credit for having owned it in effect for the whole year. Cause I get that 10% of that property and I need that property to maybe support the deduction. Okay. okay? So it's kind of weird. Do you get 10% so, of the profit? Conference, do, you get 10%, do you get 10% of the profit for the year? No, you would not get 10% of the profit. You would just get like your pro rata number of days. So you, you right. should get, you'll get an excess property that you might be able to use against something else. So, but it clearly says it's your ownership percentage on the last day of the year. That's how you allocate it. Okay? Mm. And so in this, on this, at this uh, webinar, it came up that, well, we're, we're looking at, that's not really what we meant. We didn't mean the last day of the year. We meant you have to own the partnership interest on the last day of the year, you know, so, which I think most people understood if you sell out, you know, if I sell out on December 10th, I don't get anything. That's, that's, no, that's what right. I think most of the tax community thought. So they said, no, we didn't mean the last just meant you had to own it. And so their position is it's actually based on your percentage, you know, in that case, if it's December 10th, you know, it'd be about 21 days out of 365 that you would get credit for that property. And then they even said, well, no one gets it. If somebody sells out, no one gets it, right? So you, so it's going to make it more complicated to, to compute it because we have to compute the property amount, allocate it out, but there's going to be parts of it that no one would get. If I was, if I owned the partnership interest for 300 days out of 365. So anyway, it's just... But it's in my mind, it's really oh, clear shit. in the regulation that's not what it says. But they're kind of changing it after the fact, which I guess I'm not totally opposed to, because if they think it's you know if they if they have a better solution, fine. But but in my mind, they're kind of you know trying to make it up as they go because it clearly says based on the last day of the year. So let me get this straight. So me and you own a company together, right? And you yep. own the company, and you want I want to get a partner, right? So you come out to find. Come out to me and you say, Casey, hey, you come in here, buy, you can buy in 10%, and it's, it's yep. December 10th. <clears throat> yep. That's my advantage. I get a little bit of advantage there because I can I can basically write off a year's worth of property taxes and blah, 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 and all the different stuff that, that you can write off because of that, right? But what you're telling me is if me and your partners, and then all of a sudden I get mad at Glenn, and I was like, I'm, I can't do this anymore, Glenn, I'm out. I'm going to sell you my 
10% on the 10th of December, then there's like a phantom 10% nobody can claim. Right. Yeah. So That's you got to be real careful. I mean, <clears throat> about, you know, make sure you consult with somebody before you're bringing in somebody, before you're selling out, because the old rules of, well, it's better to sell out January 1st versus December 31st. I mean, all these things have kind of changed just a little bit. And again, you only need this property to support your deduction if you have over $315,000 of tax income here. So, you know, we're, we're not talking about, you know, the average taxpayer, but, you know, in a, in a big situation where you have a gain, you know, it's just, but yeah, you can, now we're like saying you could actually lose it. So, yeah, if you sell out right toward the end of the year, then no one's going to get it. And then, then the other person that comes in is only going to get a little sliver of it. So it's, Again, this this isn't what we believe the rule says, but they're basically telling us that's what they're going to change the rule to. So even once they issue these final rules, you know they they can reissue them. And so it's really hard to tax plan, right? You yeah. Because a lot of times, you know, when I sell out is kind of an important thing, right? Absolutely. So I sell out in December or January, and maybe we're not sure now how to do it. So it's it just adds uncertainty. It sounds like to um, me the best thing to do. Just I mean, granted, I'm I'm not a tax guy by any means, but and I just found this out about 30 seconds ago, but based on what you're telling me, why would you not sell out before January 1st? Mm-hmm. I mean, it make, I don't know why. Because you don't get yeah. any benefit if you sell out, right, for the year, right. the whole year, right? You're right. 360, right. 55 days yep. into the year, and you, you don't yep. get so anything out of January 1st. So, <laughs> so here's, here's I, yeah. I like that you said that, because, of course, it's never simple. There's actually two ways to support the deduction. Okay. One way is property, two and a half percent of property. The other way, if you remember, is fifty percent of wages. Right. So if you if fifty percent of wages is a bigger number, which in probably in a lot of businesses it is, uh, maybe not farming, but so if you sell out on January first, you only have one day of wages, or possibly zero wages that you paid in that year, and you wouldn't support any deduction. Does that uh, make sense? Yeah, I get you. Okay. See, so it's just so so if you if you need wages, you want to sell out in December because you know you got plenty of wages, twelve months of wages, versus if you only have a day's wages or a month's wages, that's all you get. So it's just it's bizarre. So yeah. but you're right. In, in the property situation, you would want to sell out January first. So Or you just hang on until um, December thirty first at like midnight and then, then sell. Yeah, that's a question. There's people like, Well, what do we mean by the end of the tax year? Do you mean like actually you know Yeah. So anyway, it's 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 always so cut and dry with the government. Everything's so simple. Yeah, they make so it there's easy. uncertainty with the tax law, um, but I'll take it over uncertainty with the weather. I'll tell you that you know just to the experience, you know. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, so, good point. <laughs> but uh, good yeah, point. it's you, you'd like to think that, that that they could come through with you know actually releasing stuff after the second department has reviewed it because you know why not release it? So, oh man, yeah. Someone's on vacation, man. You can't get to that stuff that fast. Come on now. Yep. So anyway, I'm hoping that next week we're going to be able to talk about those rules, these rules being released. But, but I'm not. I'm not really counting on it. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold your breath. Wouldn't hold your breath, Glenn. All right, buddy. What else you got? Anything else you want to talk about before you shut it down? No, not really. I mean, you know, we're talking to some farm clients about you know about you know just just what to do with talking a little bit of numbers but really mostly just just trying to talk to them and you know hear them out and be kind of a sounding board for some thoughts because it's 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 really tough out there if you haven't even started oh yeah you know, it's, it's fire you have it, <clears throat> you're only half done or with corn and no beans and it's you know it's it's rough out there so yeah it's uh it's a, it's a rough spring and it's going to be a rough summer i think too so 
All right, Glenn. Well, thanks for being on. Lots of stuff to talk about. Folks want to reach out to you and uh, pick your brain about when is the best time for me to jump in or jump out of a business. How would they do that? Yeah, it's best to call our office number here at Heinel Banworth. It's uh, 309-694-4251. Or you can always follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle's at Glenn Birnbaum. So check out Glenn's uh, Twitter handle. He, he did a little bit of figuring on Bernie Sanders' uh, tax return the other day. Yeah, so check, check that, that out. out. 2009 handwritten return by Bernie. Uh, Wall Street Journal, Richard Rubin, uh, who I've... Uh, worked a little bit with or just kind of corresponded with and why did I start corresponding with him because he reached out to me originally on the grain clutch fix because I you know done a tweet about it but yeah this is just uh it's it was all the perils of doing your own taxes by hand because Bernie in 2009 did not compute uh, alternative minimum tax which is a whole totally separate calculation so a little story about that yeah uh, but yeah it, you know, software is your friend usually. So. Yep, usually is. Yep. One thing I want to throw out there for anyone that'd be interested in next Wednesday. So that'll be uh, what? Uh, what is that? The uh, fifth Wednesday, the fifth June fifth, I think. Um, we have a live webinar with George Burkaw, and he is going to do some question and answer Very when good. it comes to uh, crop insurance and how that works, and, and what are some available options that are out there. So, uh, follow, check my Twitter out there, you know, at Moving uh, Iron LLC, and and uh, you'll see some more updates updates about that um, as they come up. But in the meantime, Glenn, take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you again next week, bud. Okay, Casey, thanks. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.